This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome again to Screen Talk. Uh, this uh, is uh, this is going to be a great show. I can just feel it. We've got uh, Doug Naylor, who is the writer and uh, creator of Red Dwarf, which is currently on Dave at the moment. We have uh, we're going to have a great chat. I can just feel it. Um, I was a huge fan of this show when I was uh, when I was a kid, so it means a lot that he's come in to talk to us. Um, and of course, we've got James Gill uh, to talk about our news uh, in the film and TV world. But first. Before I talk to James, here is a song from a film, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. This is the uh, brilliant I Am A Man of Constant Sorrow. What a beautiful song that is. <laughs> uh, um, are you a fan of uh, the uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou uh, film or soundtrack, James? I, I quite like the film and I love the so- the main song. Yeah, it's which, that was it. That was it. Awesome. I wish I'd been listening because I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, James Gill, everyone here, um, to give us some uh, news and reviews. And uh, I just want to start, James. Like You and I have uh, we've been a little bit down the last couple of shows yeah. on the whole movie business and film business and um we are going to try and be positive today but let's start uh at a sort of five and work our way up to a ten of positive. i like it like yeah. a warm-up guy yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. and you know all about which is that. something i do yeah. <laughs> uh very good at it too if anyone's looking for warm-up acts <laughs> uh james is your man now i um i saw two films last weekend okay both uh, the number five out of ten feels very, very apt to me. I think you're going to be surprised that I felt this way about one of them. I can't wait. It was uh, Deep Water Horizon. God, that absolutely blew my socks off Did of that it? movie. Yeah. I would give that. I'd give that five stars out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I, was a, I don't know why. It just. I, I don't think it's bad. I would. You know. I wouldn't. If I. Really, I don't like saying negative things about films because I know how much hard work goes into them. But I don't know. I just wanted. I think there was all the technical jargon at the beginning, and it felt like to me. Well, I think that was deliberate because this was my take on it. Yeah. What they're saying there is this started like any other day at work, and so so the reason why there's all that technical jargon is because they're inviting us into the world of working oil on, rigs, on an yeah. oil rig and, and therefore that is a very jargon heavy job so so you're watching that thinking I mean it's almost it almost feels like a documentary doesn't it it mm-hmm. feels like you are on the rig so I just think they were going for that extra authenticity so I was absolutely sucked okay, in okay I get that but to me it felt like um, oh what a coincidence the day that they're all really banging on about checking the cement is the day that it all goes tits up like I couldn't work out whether it was heavy handed exposition or but then and also I was like it's a bit of a coincidence that he wins an award on the day that the thing you know Kurt Russell's character wins an award for the best safety man (laughs) and then it explodes (laughs) that day that actually happened Oh, so did, I watched an interview with Kurt, yeah, an and it award. actually happened. He won an award that oh, day, and okay. it happened. So I thought, okay, maybe this film was much more authentic, but I just didn't, I don't know. It was okay. I, I liked it. I just didn't, I wanted to love it so much more. It kind of reminded me of Captain Phillips, which I thought was amazing, oh my but God. wasn't Underrated. Quite, wasn't quite as, I don't know. I don't know, I just didn't, I uh, just wanted to like it more. And then another one was, uh, the other film I saw was The Girl With All The Gifts, which the first half is amazing, and then the second half turns into any other zombie film. Sure. Which, 
without going into it, because I think there was some really beautiful uh, um, like cinematography and design and makeup and performances are great and and some, the concept early on is great, but something, ha- I don't know if you feel the same way, but something happens when people try and subvert a genre where at the first half or first third it's really clever and different and then it somehow ends up becoming like every other film that it's trying to subvert. Have you noticed that? I before? think that's a very fair shout. So there's uh, Funny People Springs to Mind. That mm-hmm. starts out as a movie about stand-up comedy. And you think, wow, this is really interesting. And then it tries to flip it and goes full rom-com yeah. for the second half. And then just becomes any other rom-com. Yeah. And then the, the big example, I suppose, is uh, Dust Till Dawn, which starts off as the yeah. heist movie. And you think, wow, this is an exciting heist movie. And then goes full vampire. Yeah. Which was part of the point that it was meant to be such a weird sure. change and surprise, which is cool, I guess. But um, but yeah, you're right. We, we, I thought the also Kickass, the first Kickass. I was like yeah. the first half. I was like, this is amazing. This is so, so funny fresh. and original and fresh. Yeah. And, and then it became a sort of superhero movie, like and that with the big shootout at the end. So like, is that just because a film needs to be three acts and? tied up and probably. like it's just that's what happens I don't know yeah probably but if you do like zombie films and horror films and films with sort of uh, a bit of a take I do recommend The Girl With All The Gifts it's just um, Ad- adaptation does that doesn't it but then they do do it deliberately I think it's like do, knowingly yeah. done it so becomes a like weird um, like is it a sort of what happens at the end I'm trying to remember now so he actually does meet the 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 screenwriting expert doesn't yeah. he and the tips that he gives him played by Brian Cox he, he actually ends up despite him thinking that he's a hack he actually adheres to those rules yeah. so there, there does end up being a, a, a car but we, chase but they don't say it in that's the right. film that that's what he's done but that's because right. we know the film is credited as the two brothers that are in the film and one's well. a fictional brother yeah. and one's a <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a movie it. there you go I so love that's it. a movie like that though when the credits rolled I remember thinking that is a classic never seen it yeah. since no <laughs> It hasn't sort of held up in the lists of people's no. favourite films and stuff. Cage, who uh, divides opinion, amazing in it. Um, so tell me some news. What's new? I think I know what you're going to talk about. Well, let's let's go uber positive. Yeah. And so for all our talk of, um, hey, there aren't any reboots or remakes that are super awesome. And then what was on this week? Westworld. Sweet Nelly Furtado. If that <laughs> didn't... <laughs> Hit me for six. It is joyous. So it is a, a, a reboot. Which is a reboot and a remake. A reboot and a, and a remake. And, a, and it's based on a book. And So what they've done is there is a little uh, doff of the Stetson to the original. Because someone says something like that. There hasn't been an incident for more than 30 years. Which may be a reference to what happened at the at the old Westworld with, with, with your Brinner. Um, but please watch it. it. So the first episode is nearly an hour and a half long. And yes, a lot of it is setting the scene for what's coming up. But the cast, James Marsden, who uh, I know I have a long list of underrated actors, but Handsome James would be on mm-hmm. that list, is wonderful. Uh, Ed Harris is fantastic. In the tra- I don't think I'm spoiling anything. In the trailer, it looked like he was very much playing the Yule Brynner part. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Do you want me to get... Do you want me to, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't but- want any spoilers because I'm actually really looking forward to this. Okay, and well, you know, well, well in the original, I can say this. In the original, yeah. the humans were the good guys and the robots were the, were the baddies because they turned bad. Whereas in this, uh, and obviously I, I know that HBO and Sky will be hoping this runs for many, many seasons. Yeah. I mean, this is already... Well, pumped so much money. No pressure. It. They're yeah. already saying this is the new Game of Thrones. So they're probably thinking seven, eight, nine seasons, I yeah. guess. Um, so it's, it's not spoiling anything if I say that not everyone uh, will appear as they seem, I guess. Okay. But uh, in terms of whetting the appetite, I mean, I was... 
again, practically. I'd love it if you said everyone appears to as what they seem. <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> that would that would be a twist. If someone started yeah. out looking like a baddie yeah. and they turn out to be, be a baddie, baddie, you'd be like, yeah. "Whoa, I wasn't Old seeing school. that." Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, Old school. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this is an example of why uh, where we're at this is the, uh, such a crystallised example of where we're at with film and TV that something not just on this scope that looks as beautiful I mean I'm, I'm saying this I haven't watched the first episode it yet, does look beautiful it looks it beautiful it looks in so much production design and quality and the, the cast is ridiculous I mean Anthony Hopkins you know what I mean yeah. Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, James Marsden, that is something that would have, just that cast alone would have made X amount of money 10 years ago because yep. people would have just gone and see it because of those. I mean, it, it really is. But then how do you keep up with that sort of level of television, the, the people that don't have HBO's money? I mean, that's, that's quite, they're setting the bar really fucking high. They're setting, it, they're setting it preposterously high. However, I would say that stations such as Station, uh, sta- <laughs> I want to go with Station. Radio Station. Radio Station, you're, you're watching uh, BBC One. <laughs> stations such as, uh, B- I mean, BBC One, I mean, Happy Valley is one of the best TV shows of, of recent years so yeah. you don't you don't I'm going to do finger quotes which is great on the, a podcast you don't have to have Sky because because uh, BBC and ITV and Channel 4 they are pumping out great yeah. shows um, and we all know that really it comes down to script and, and storytelling well and I, I mean I mean, you know as well you know better than I do the, the planets really have to align don't they in order for a show to be quality you know the the, the the writing's got to be great. The acting's got to be great. The director's got to be great. Um, a lot of things have to go right. You know, there are some times when the actors are great, the director's great, the script's great, and it still doesn't end up. And there is a horrible <laughs> truth to alchemy, which is sometimes, it do- like you said, the planets don't align. Like you can, all the people can be good. Now that's a minority when that happens. No, no, but I, what I, a I've, interv- when, when I've interviewed actors, and they've said that they they made a movie. They had a wonderful time. Everyone got on well. Everyone's got the you know the good feeling in yeah. their gut. Oh, this is this is going to be a cracker. And they go to the premiere. Oh my god! Yeah. And then there are examples of people having the worst time of their lives making a film. Like, well, this is a honk of junk. Yeah. And then the critics see yeah. it, and it's five stars across the board. So the golden rule is there probably is no golden rule. Um, but with the, but with Westworld, yes, there is a lot of pressure on it. In so much as that, it is already being tipped to be. The new yeah, big, huge, big. huge show. I mean, I mean, the people behind it, obviously, J.J. Abrams, um, who, some young up and comer. He does feel like he produces every TV show ever getting made. But the, I suppose the key name that jumps out is Jonathan Nolan, mm-hmm. who has been working with his uh, his brother on a, on a number of projects. Whereas now he's. Um, it's it's Jonah's time to shine, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I, you asked me about this, and I said, well, I don't have Sky. Uh, you, you, the other day, you were like, you're going to watch it, and I said, well, I don't have Sky. And you said, and you said when you came in, would this make you get Sky? And not this alone, but this and the night of. It's like, well, God, these are... Because Sky have this weird deal. I don't know what the, the deal is, but you can't get them on any other platform. Sure. Unless you do it illegally, which I don't... Uh, no condone. way, listeners. No way. No way. Um, <laughs> the thing times where I've said to you, have you seen such and such, and you texted yeah. back, how have you seen that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I imagined it. Um, and I honestly don't. I've never, I've never done the torrenting thing, and... Um, and uh, I really want to see these shows, but so Sky don't allow their shows on iTunes or Amazon or Netflix or anything. So the only two ways you can watch it is if you've got Sky 
or if you buy a DVD, which I think is released sometime sure. after the show's gone out. So there have been a couple of... Like, there hasn't been enough to make me want to subscribe to it. But this has been quite a rich vein of form. That yeah, well, The had. Night Of and Westworld are two... And are the, probably the two big shows that everyone's talking about. Two. This, yeah. And something they've been putting a lot of their energy, and by energy I mean money, behind is this whole box sets thing. So, yeah. so even if you don't like... Uh, the night of all Westworld, they're, they're going to wallop you with, you know, X seasons of The Sopranos or, or Mad Men. So I, I'm not employed by Sky, so I can speak quite independently. <laughs> I would say that the it is an incredible service. I would also say, I mean, it is insanely expensive. A mate of mine was making the point that if you have the movies and the sport and everything else, you're looking at around a hundred pounds a month. Really? Yes. And as, as my friend said, if someone said to you that your telly, watching telly would cost you a grand, more than a grand a year, you'd laugh in. I mean... And people complain about the BBC licence I know, I know. Which isn't... Oh, my God. Well, I... <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like Louis through the other day banging out that Jimmy Savile documentary, which was... Yeah. I mean, it was... It, you know, it's incredibly complicated stuff. It, it's... it's. But, I mean, it's such a... It was a really beautiful piece of work that he put together and but yet you know they're banging that out for it happy valley's another one but you, you're always going to get someone oh, the license is a disgrace yeah, I know. Yeah. and when you think about the amount of channels uh that there are the uh, radio stations the news the i mean iplayer I mean, is a is a great thing yeah, isn't it yeah um the this segues us into even more positivity which is um Films I'm looking forward to that are coming out. Because, yes, lovely. Uh, you mentioned Louis Theroux there. His uh, feature length, this is the first time he's done something that isn't on the television. It will be a film release, is the Scientology documentary, which... Um, Have you seen it yet? No, but I can't wait to see it. I, I, I will make that my homework to try set up uh, me and you going to a screening of that. Oh, How's our that? first date movie okay. is an anti-Scientology film. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's How anti. Can you imagine uh, that? That would be a twist. That would be the twist. By then, Louis signing up. Yeah, Theroux is actually like <laughs> really trying to get us to get on board. Wow. And I came That's to the conclusion cool. that it's really interesting and yeah. great. And it's helped me. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, I, if I had been into Scientology earlier, I think I would have spotted what Savile was up to. <laughs> Uh, but that's that'll be interesting to see how that actually does, like business-wise. Does Louis Theroux have a um, you know an audience that are willing to go out and pay? I mean, that I will be interesting will, actually because yeah. the guy who questioned me has a fo- quite rightly has a following, yeah. but will he have a following who are prepared yeah. to part with ten sheets? Part with ten sheets instead of their hundred a month <laughs> at Sky. So uh, some of the films. Have you got any films that you're particularly looking? Forward yes. To? So there's a f- there's a film coming up at the start of November if we're if we're talking about upcoming movies. Yeah. But now now this might sound like the sort of thing that. Um, Alan Partridge might pitch Tony Ayres. Uh, ben Affleck is an accountant who's really good at killing people. And you'd be like, no, Alan. But um, that, that is what the accountant is, is all about. And uh, it's a, a real pleasant surprise. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. yeah. It's a lot like, well, it's a bit like The Equalizer, the, the excellent Denzel Washington movie, mm-hmm. but with really complicated maths. So, oh, my uh, favourite kind of movie. Something for everyone. Yeah. So Affleck, and Affleck's done well with uh, complicated maths well, in the past. I think there's I a mean, nice little, whole career. I think there's a nice little nod to Good Will Hunting in this movie. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and it's directed by Gavin Hood, so it's, it, it will do, I think it will do good business, and I tell you who's glorious in it is um, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, well, he's, he's always good, isn't you he? You would queue in the rain. Tambor is in it, isn't he? Jeffrey Tambor? 
Yes, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It's not the biggest role, okay. but what a career that guy's oh, had. I know, amazing. So, I, I, amazing. listener, I think you will really enjoy that movie. I really like The Warrior. Is it called Warrior? Yes. The Warrior. Yes, Warrior. with uh, Tom... Tom Hardy and... Yeah. Um, Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. And uh, that was directed by Gavin Hood, right? The wrong ending, that movie. Okay. Okay. I would have gone the other way. Was, did we have options? I didn't know that. That is the yeah. future, my yeah, friend. It is. Choose your ending. Choose your ending. Well, like I would have gone with... If you've watched that film, you'll know what I'm talking about. They they could have gone one of two ways, and they went one way. I yeah. would have definitely gone the... Really? 100%. Yeah. Don't do that finger pointing saying I would have gone the other way. I would have way. gone that way, pointing <laughs> right, and then the other way um, left. I, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed that film. It was everything on paper about Warrior, or The Warrior, whatever it was called. Uh, you go, uh, really? That Hasn't this film like been done a million times or something? But there was something about it that was so... And there's some lovely performances yeah. in that film. Um, I'm, these are the films I'm looking forward to. La La Land. Which yes, I'm looking forward to that. Everyone is raving about it's the follow-up to the guy who directed, wrote, and directed uh, uh, Whiplash, which is a controversial film. I think it's a film that splits a lot of people. Whiplash, um, uh, Bleed for This, which is there's a link. I've seen that. Have you seen that? I have. Is that yeah, good? it's excellent. Is it? And I tell you, who's outstanding in that. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> uh, J.K. Simmons. No, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Yes. So there's he a looks get- amazing. So Aaron Eckhart is one of those guys who uh, you know. You watch me in something like The Dark Knight, and you think, "Wow, Aaron Eckhart, what I'd give for that lantern jaw." Yeah. Um, and then you see him do movies, and you think, "What are you doing, Aaron? You're so much better than this." Yeah. And so he's done quite a few films that have either not been brilliant or have gone straight. Uh, let's just. I feel I feel awful saying this because I'm a positive guy. And I don't I don't want to sound like I'm being critical of Aaron Eckhart, but that is a fact. He's made a couple of movies that have done straight to DVD, and you think, "No, Aaron, you're better than this." Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's playing against type. And he's, maybe this is why I like him, because he's playing a bald man. Um, but he's, <laughs> you relate to He's it. playing a guy who is seemingly washed up and past his best, and then he sees something in the Miles... Now, this, I make, this sounds cliche, but it's not. It's a really good movie. He sees something in the Miles Teller character, um, and it's a, it's a true story. Teller plays a boxer who is involved in a horrendous car crash, and, in, and he's told that he... There's, there's a line, uh, it's something like, will I ever, will I ever fight again? And the doctor says, you might never walk again. Um... And it's then it's 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 uh, all about can he walk again and can he train again and um, I won't say I won't say much more yeah but um, it's it's we get it though. pretty fantastic um, Baron Eckhart in that movie I'm, I, I will Eckhart. say this now I will be very surprised if he isn't nominated for best Good. supporting first, there's our first uh, best bet. supporting actor cool I'm not saying he'll win but he might I, be lo- I loved him in. Uh, um, Aaron Brockovich, Aaron, Aaron yes, Eckhart, of course, as the biker. Um, I'm also looking forward to Manchester by the Sea, which everyone's saying is amazing. It's oh, now Kenneth Lonergan. Now he's an early runner. Casey Affleck yeah. is one of the favourites for best, best actor. actor. Yeah. So I'd just like to correct myself. It's actually uh, Gavin O'Connor who directed okay. The Accountant. Yes, there is a Gavin Hood, but it's there Gavin, is a Gavin Hood. Um, uh, Manchester by the Sea is the follow-up. To, well, not the follow-up. There was a film before, but we won't count that because it went through so many bizarre troubles. That's right. Uh, Margaret, but the, it was the film uh, You Can Count On Me, yes. which was a beautiful little film that brought Mark Ruffalo to the world. And What a gift. What a gift. What a gift. Um, but not, I, I bet you're like me. I bet you bloody love Casey Affleck. I love him. He's so talented. He's so good. And I love that he likes playing it a little bit more low profile. 
the, yeah. the, I love I'm a fan of Ben Affleck especially as a director and uh, I think um, and I liked some of his early sort of Kevin Smith films and stuff but the assassin- um, assassination love, of Jesse James I love Casey Affleck I think Cass- Casey is um, there's something really something special about special. him yeah he's got um, that special something I'm now going to just have to rattle these off because we're running out of time but uh, Nocturnal Animals I've heard is good the right. Tom Ford yeah, film Arrival uh, I'm very excited about that. Mr. Renner. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Live by Night of uh, Ben Affleck's next. Uh, one of my favourite authors, Dennis Lehane. I've read. Dennis Lehane. Yeah. Strongly recommend those books. They're wonderful. Yeah. yeah. In fact, every book he's uh, every film he's direct. No, not Argo, but all his other films are based Dennis on Dennis Lehane, Lehane related. Uh, the Founder, which is the Michael Keaton film Ooh, yes. about McDonald's, the yeah. McDonald's uh, guy. And, of course, going a bit more mainstream because that's been a very indie list. Uh, Rogue One. So that is not a bad little list. That's a happy list of movies. That's that's me going, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Between now and Christmas is going to be good, film-wise, I think. You've got me popcorn. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Do you go popcorn or nachos? Never nachos. Are you insane? 100% nachos. What? Yes. We are not going to see that Scientology (laughs) duck together. I cannot eat... The lovely girl at Odeon, or another cinema, but the lovely girl at my local Odeon will go... Salsa or cheese, and I will go both. And she will go, Gil, you crazy <laughs> son of a gun. How does she know your surname? I go a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty regular. And say, Hi, James Gill here. I'd like to order one ticket to see. Um, Adam, uh, my producer, I'm afraid we're running over, but I do want to just quickly talk about this. James lives in the area that I was born and grew up. I was born. And then lived there till I was 18 in the same house. And then I left and I've almost never returned. And he just talked about his local Odeon. And I suddenly pictured the cinema that I went to all my childhood and teens. How is that cinema? It used to be the ABC in Beckenham. but A couple of the screens could be bigger. Yeah. I've paid top dollar to see a blockbuster and seen it on a screen that's... Size of uh, I don't want to get sued by Odeon, but a bit bigger than an average television. <laughs> and I thought, mm, okay. Um, seats comfy or not? Co- are they seats still are the comfy. old? 70s? No, the seats might be new. Yeah, screen one's nice. Screen one, screen one's good. Screen one is where I saw and experienced the best cinema experience of my life. By the time I first ever snogged a girl, which was also in that cinema, uh, <laughs> there's a blue plaque. <laughs> there it's. Uh, it screen one is where I saw Rocky Four, oh. and the entire audience. And I'm not exaggerating. Well, all right, maybe I'm Cannot exaggerating. Wait, yeah, eighty percent at me. least standing up, standing up, yeah, screen shouting Rocky, yeah, Rocky. Now, what? When has that ever happened? I've since? never because right because you hear an actor or director, and we knew we went, we attended a screening, and it got a standing ovation. And yeah. I always think bollocks yeah. right because you and me we've been to the cinema hundred I mean li- quite literally hundreds <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds of times I've never you, you tell that story I've never ever witnessed anything like it I, I've, people have talked in the cinema oh yes oh yeah but I've never had people standing up and cheering or anything like that and chanting Rocky Rocky like he was there like he could I'm hear so us so jealous that you've oh, experienced that so good James I and love uh, and I was doing some thinking and if you can change oh, maybe yeah. I can change what a film I know and all us kids were like yeah maybe I could have a Russian friend controversial spanner in the works best Uh-oh. best Rocky movie of all time so you're not going to say the first Rocky are you no oh. you ready yeah Creed Okay, no, not that. I think. Oh, 
technically that makes my balls tingle that I film. wish they sorry Adam you're going to have to do some serious editing but I wish they had not done he hadn't done the last Rocky Balboa I oh, no, the last Rocky Balboa was really good it's alright Rocky but, Five's not great but what would have been amazing was that Creed came from nowhere like 30 years after Rocky Five. yeah and we hadn't seen that character ah, for that long you, yeah. and the film was as good as Creed was and Rocky Balboa hadn't happened sure. I just think that would have blown people's minds that would have been blown people's minds Sylvester if you're listening build yeah. that time machine <laughs> I love there's Stallone. a lot of love for love Sly Stallone. yeah absolutely oh, I love him so much and I know someone that works in Hollywood and says he is please be nice very, please be nice please be very nice. very loved yes <laughs> Anyway, look, we've got to yeah, sorry, wrap yeah. the show up. God, um, that was good fun, though. Uh, I've got Doug Naylor, the writer, uh, co-creator, and um, captain of Red Dwarf, an absolutely brilliant uh, comedy that is back and uh, is doing really well again. Um, he's coming up um, right now. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on FUBAR Radio. Doug Naylor, the legend, the um, the enigma. <laughs> legend's good. Just stick with, Just stick with legend. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say yeah. something about uh, comedy um, establishment, but that sounds a bit stuffy and not at all oh, sort of and, rock and, and roll, does and it? I'd fight you if you ever accuse us of being comedy establishment. <laughs> We've never been comedy establishment. The fact that you would want to fight me proves that you're still <laughs> punk. Um, thanks for joining us, by the oh, way. It's, um, I was so excited when I heard that you, we might be able to get you on the show. Um, I am, and you probably hate someone my age saying this, but I, I grew up on your show and... It was a huge inspiration and influence on me. Um, we're talking, of course, about Red Dwarf. And um, can you believe... This is my first proper question to you, Doug. Okay. Can you believe yeah. that, you, that the show has run for as long... I mean, let me word it this way. In the late 80s, yes. if someone had said your show will be airing in 2016, would you believe that? No, you would have thought they were on drugs. <laughs> um I thought it was going to be a hit, to be honest. Did you? Oh, yeah. I was very confident it was going to be a hit. But then I'm mad, and I was very confident. I didn't think there was anything like it. This is before anything's made. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just based on the script. And I was thinking, actually, come in here, why was I so f confident? And Alan Rickman had read the script, and he said it was the, f the best, no, not the funniest, the best script he'd read that year. It's like January the 2nd. And no, was, was Alan a, a name back then? Yeah, and Alan wanted to do it. Fred Molina wanted to do it. So we had some really heavyweight yeah, amazing. names. And so you thought, well, if these guys, you know, like it, it, it must, yeah, we're, we're, Rob and I, we're right. It's, it's a really good script. But we were expecting it to look kind of like Star Wars rather than um, how it looked. Yeah. With all the grey wood and the, yeah, everything being quite cheap. Would, but would, wouldn't you say that was part of its charm in the early days? Well, if, to answer the question of did I think it was going to be a success, I thought it was going to be a success yeah. because all these guys said this is uh, that we really like the script, and I thought it was going to look like Star Wars. So that, <laughs> the defence rests. <laughs> yeah, there you okay. go. Your perception of things yeah. may have been a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then when you actually got there, obviously it wasn't like that. Um, 
But it yeah. was a hit. Um, but was it oh, a hit off the bat? Yeah, it was I a mean, hit. Oh. It was a hit off the bat. Was it? it, it five million for the first show. Oh my god. Um, but then it went down <laughs> because people, it was a hit and then yeah, a failure. People wanted a, a science fiction comedy show, but then they saw it and they went, "But well, we don't want this one." Oh. Um, and it slowly went down. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. The six shows, um, and then we asked them. This is would be unheard of now. We asked them not to repeat it. Uh, and just to commission show the series two. And there was a story that Michael Grade, um, who was at the time head of BBC Two, hope mm-hmm. the story's true, um, <laughs> and was moving over to Channel Four, and we shared the same agent with him. And our agent said, listen, before you go, do me a favor, will you commission a second series of Redwolf? There's no skin off your nose, because you're off to Channel Four anyway. And he went, yeah, fine. Uh, and supposedly he commissioned it. So Do you know what? I sort of hate you because <laughs> <laughs> it is so hard to get stuff made. As, as, I'm, I, oh, as I know you know, as oh. I know you know, but you hear all these stories um, of what it was like in the 70s and 80s when people made gut sort of instinct. Yes. decisions yes like you'd yes. have heads of comedy or heads yes. of channels that were like no nah, nah, yeah. fuck it let's try it let's yes. see what happens yeah. people took chances it took chances yeah. and um you know i know why they don't anymore because there's so much at stake and so it's so competitive but you just wish there were people that were a bit more it was done i think with much broader strokes of hey we think you're funny we like you mm-hmm. okay guys what have you got for me go yeah. you know i need another hit series that's what the head of comedy would say but that's what bill cotton used to say go walk down the corridors of the BBC back in the day um, and it was Perry and Croft what have you got for me I need another hit yeah uh, and they would go okay boom and then they come up with another one um, wow. so it was done in a completely different way now that Michael Gross story I have no idea whether it's true <laughs> I hope it's true but I, I hope it's true yeah. well I'll tell you what the thing that is true because you wouldn't misremember this or um, say this is that the ratings dipped each week that must have been such a stressful six weeks of your life every whatever the day after the show finding out it had gone down yeah uh, it, yes it was but um, <laughs> with, there were no good reviews either really uh, all the reviews were terrible it, it's this is just terrible it's not funny it's not funny it's not funny and then on the last show there was a guy who worked for the Manchester Evening News called Ed Glynnett I can remember his name still and he said what's this 20 almost 30 years later oh my god I love Uh, that you remember his name and he said Norman Lovett belonged in the pantheon of all time comic greats and he went on to say no one's got Red Dwarf but it's really really good Wow. I was like, wow, wow, that's great. And then we had it recommissioned, possibly thanks to Michael. Mm-hmm. And then... Or the agent. Or the agent, yeah. yeah. And then um, we made series two when we thought we kind of know what we're doing. Yeah. We got, you know, we want, we could get some location stuff in. We've got more of a, uh, slightly more of a budget. And then, and then it kind of properly took off from... Isn't it amazing the yeah. difference between what you know as a writer from series one to two? Yeah. And even oh, maybe in the edit of the yeah, first series, absolutely. you're like, oh, God, we wouldn't do yeah. that again. And, and, and also what you discover about the characters. Mm-hmm. And, and just dis- I mean, we had such a bizarre situation because it was, it was commissioned by BBC Manchester, but everyone lived in BBC... Uh, everyone lived in London. Mm-hmm. So in BBC all, London. In BBC London. <laughs> so we'd have to catch a coach. We'd have this coach laid on that took us up to Manchester. So we'd rehearse in acting all week. Lots of drinking. Lots of drinking. <laughs> lots of watching movies together. Actually, oh, lots of bonding. Yeah. Uh, but we, you weren't really aware of that. And then they would arrive. And then they would basically go out and party like there's 
Yeah. You no, know, tomorrow. Oh my god. Um, Sounds like good times. So it was a good times. Yeah. Um, Can I just ask, going back, um, did you were you commissioned to write the script, or did you write it on spec? The very first one. We wrote it on spec. Yeah. We wrote it on spec. And was that usual back then um, to do? something on spec well, uh, the, the way I got into it was I read uh, an article in the Daily Express in late 70s and it was someone who had written this script on spec he sent it to ITV and they'd made it yeah. and I went to the pub that night with my mates and I went I had no idea it was so easy to get stuff on TV that's why everything's so garbage because yeah. you just write a script and I reckon if it's probably quite good it'll go on <laughs> Who knew it was that easy? Uh, and of course, it isn't. Yeah. Uh, but that's how it started. And we 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 were doing spitting image, and uh, we mm -hmm. wanted to do our own thing. Wrote the script, sent one to John Lloyd, copy to John Lloyd, copy to Paul Jackson, who both read it, both liked it, uh, talked about co-producing it, and then neither of them could sell it. Um, went to BBC London three times. They returned it down three times. Channel Four wanted to do it as a film on Four. Mm -hmm. but we didn't want to do it as a film before we thought it was a sitcom uh, rather than a film because we wanted to you know try and write a, a, a new kind of sitcom mm -hmm. um, and then purely because there was a hole in Manchester's schedules um, that they couldn't fill Paul Jackson happened to be there and said what do you think of this read this and they went uh, okay Again, another... Uh, just pure yeah. being in the right place at the right time. Oh, that's so good. Um, Paul Jackson, of course, being somewhat of a legend himself in the, that, yeah. that era. Well, he was fresh so out many of, shows. Oh, yeah, he was fresh out of doing The Young Ones. Yeah. So he was... He and John Lloyd at the time were absolutely red-hot yeah. producers. Yeah. And so you thought, if they both like it, there's no way this can't get made. Yeah. Um, and But no, they couldn't sell it for ages. So I would say that the show has, I don't know if you feel like this is a fair um, uh, observation, that the show feels like it's sort of gone back to its roots a bit. Um, there's the obvious reason for saying that, that it's back in front of, I know you, this is the second series that it's been back in front of an audience. Um, we did, the first six series were all in front of an audience. Yeah. Series seven we shot without an audience, but then played it to an audience. Mm -hmm. Eight was to an audience. And then we did Back to Earth for Dave, which was the first thing we did for Dave. And we couldn't afford an audience or sets. <laughs> because... By the way, he said sets. sets. With a T, yeah. not sex. We could <laughs> sets. <laughs> I uh, know times have got tough. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it was three. Yeah. We had about three sets. Wow. Um, because they actually really commissioned a clip show and wanted a clip show with the guys in costume. And, you know, as Robert Llewellyn said, I'm not putting a mask on for four hours <laughs> to go, remember this bit from Maroon? Yeah, um, good for him. Yeah, so it was like, well, why, what if we're going to get them in the costume, why don't we write a show? And, maybe, and then they went, oh, okay, that's a fantastic idea. Will you do it? Okay, l do three. But, of course, the budget was teeny weeny. Yeah. And so it was, it was very, very difficult to to do Red Dwarf as we know and love it. So that's why it was back to Earth. So that's why it was back to Earth. So there weren't special uh, effects and things. Special eff well, well, there were, but, but we they were all mostly for free mm -hmm. from uh, an Australian guy called Mike Seymour. And Craig said, hey, I've been talking to the guys at Corrie and there's probably no reason to do this, but if you want, you can come and film on the Corrie set. Is I can't believe a show that was as huge as I it know. was in its heyday, yeah, right, yeah. is having to do things ad yeah. hoc like yeah. that. That is yeah. mental. So it's just sticking all these glue it's in like these things. It's like you've gone back things. to your student days. It, 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 no, it really was. It wow. was, and, and Mike Seymour, the physics guy, uh, uh, runs this uh, 
VizFX University, where he has students teaching mm-hmm. him how to do all the various computery things. Uh, and I'd met him when I was over there uh, looking to try and raise the money for the film. So I called him and said, do you want to be VizFX supervisor in this and make me a load of CG sets? And he went, yeah, okay, fine. And in the end, he did 350 shots. And we wound up in American Cinematographer because at that time no one had shot on 4K red cameras. That's incredible. And bleh. but it yeah. wasn't Red Dwarf. No, it, it was it was it was it was our ticket to get back into the game. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Because there was a gap, wasn't there, between the last time mm. it was on the BBC and then on yeah. Dave? And yeah. um, and by the way. How amazing must you have felt when you'd done this show that you had to scrimp and save and cut corners and not really do what you felt was true, Red Dwarf, and then it just raked through the roof. I mean, yeah. you, like, broke yeah. records for, yeah, like... Yeah. For they thought the decimal point was in the wrong place when the ratings <laughs> came in. They thought it was 200,000. It was never yeah. Two point, you know, two for people that don't know anything about ratings, which is why should you, but to get... I mean, very hardly any digital channels even get to a million, let alone right, yeah. t- almost three, wasn't they're, it? They're about to, yeah, and and if and then there was a massive repeat thing. So I think it was eleven million people watched the Dave comeback. The, yeah, that is so cool. I mean, it's, the, it's a lot of the same people watching it for five, <laughs> yeah. six times, and well, maybe even hating cool it. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, having that culty audience, you yeah. get those people yeah. that will rewatch stuff. Back. Yeah, yeah, no matter how much. Um, and so, 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 what was the distance between when it was on? BBC and um, so yeah there was a big old uh, god it was about 10 years I think because that was when we were supposed to be doing the film yeah I was going to ask you about that and um, that just yeah. the wilderness so in your head it had never gone the show oh no but, I mean you I, were very I, much I, still I, I, I mean there was a point where um, we tried so hard with the film um, and there'd been so many false starts um, and it looks so often like we're about to make it. But mm-hmm. then um, I've been messed around big time by a lot of people, uh, including a guy in Australia um, who claimed he'd been working on a massive Will Smith movie. Um, and he had, what did he have? He, had, he'd, he'd pulled out of it and he had 20 million that, and he was looking to invest it in a movie. Uh, and he loved Red Dwarf and he was in Melbourne and I was in Queensland. I wondered if we could get together to discuss this because he wanted to. And I, it was like, oh my God, all my dreams have come true. Uh, and he said, look, I'll fly up. I went, great, brilliant. Uh, where shall I stay? Can I stay with you in your flat? And I went, yeah, there's some great <laughs> hotels, you know, yeah. great hotels in uh, Surface Paradise. You've got 20 million, yeah, you yeah. can afford a hotel, And he said, mate. okay, yeah, right, now fine, I'll stay in a hotel. And um, he said, who's paying for my plane fare? I went, kind of, because you've got all the money. I kind of thought it would be you. So I then called the Had producer. Had the alarm bells wrong oh, yeah. with yeah. I called the producer said, the guy, I'm almost convinced. He said, no, but just, you know, talk yeah. to him. So he called him, and then he called me back, and he said he claims to be, um, he's got 100 million altogether, he claims to be the Duke of Manchester. Uh, and he's got all his money from nobility. And I just went, that's just garbage. I'm from Manchester. There's no such thing as the Duke of Manchester. <laughs> just, oh, God, yeah, okay, of course, yeah. So anyway, I called the office and said, thanks for the, for the great, you know, giving this, letting this lunatic have my number. I know there's no Duke of Manchester. Just make sure there isn't a Duke of Manchester. So they called back and said, actually, Doug, there is a Duke of Manchester. And he moved to Melbourne back in 
1937 or something. I was like, oh, shit. This and had you said anything to him? No, no. no. But, okay, it, but you suddenly rude. like, it's eccentric. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And you just wanted to stay and be a bud and you're going and you've been there. And you've been a distrusting, paranoid. So anyway, we called him back and said, look, we just need a bit of proof to prove that you are the Duke of Manchester and you've got all this money. And he went, well, look, I'm great friends with Kate Blanchett. Uh, why don't I give you Kate's number? Uh, and then you can talk to Kate. Kate will vouch me and everything will be cool. So the producer called Kate Blanchett, her number. It was engaged, curiously. Um, and then five minutes later, he got through and a lady answered the phone holding a nose, saying, I'm terribly sorry, I've got a terrible cold at the moment, pretending to oh be Kate God, Blanchett. The story is, are you making this no, up? No, no, it's promise. <laughs> so anyway, he went, still wasting my time, bang, put the phone down. Uh, nothing happened for about four or five days. And then the Duke called four or five days later. Uh, and said, how do you get on with Kate? And the producer went, just go away, stop annoying us. We know you're a, you know, a fake, go away, leave us alone. And he went, that really was Kate. She was really hurt. She really did have a cold. And I'll prove to you I've got 100 million. Um, how, how do you want me to do it? And he said, send me a bank statement with 100 million in it to prove it. And he went, okay, give me your fax number. And then half an hour later, this fax came through with 100 million in it. But what he'd done was, he'd just tip out what was really in there and then typed over a hundred million. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, he that's so an actually mentally ill person. Oh, apparently he used to do this kind of thing quite a lot with bands going, you know Just gonna, so he could hang out with them. Yeah and yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. the fact that he said you went prove that you're the Duke of Manchester and he didn't have like documents <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. look just yeah. go Google yeah. uh, Duke of he went cool Kate yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kate but, but what's interesting is how much you want to believe him yeah of you know, course you you so want to give him the benefit of the doubt and you see all well, sorts there's, of there's, there's yeah, a lesson that, for all young filmmakers yeah there is be wary of Dukes <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember seeing pictures and going on the website um and seeing you all doing makeup tests and things yeah. for the film, I mean, it, it, so it obviously got quite close to. We had read-throughs, we did storyboards, we had makeup tests, and the money was coming in. There was investment money there. This wasn't the Duke. This was no, a different. No, this was like yeah, real, real, this was a real, real money. <laughs> Someone. And I was sent to Australia to basically scout out the locations uh, and redo the budget, and then the money was going to come in, and then. It didn't. I mean, it's so heartbreaking, isn't it? Because oh. what do you, you know, you want to believe it, you put yeah. all that work in, yeah. and then yeah. do, what happens when it doesn't happen? Like, do you have to... I know this is a really boring question, mm. but, like, it must have cost money to make all oh, the costumes and stuff. Oh, yeah, it may... Yeah, it costs a lot of money. I mean... So, would you claim insurance or something? Like, no, that's just tough. Really? Yeah, that's tough. That's oh. just money down the drain. Doug, do you need me to lend you some <laughs> cash? <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, so, uh, in all those years, in yeah. the wilderness years, the wilderness say, years, yeah. Um, you were just thinking of the film? Were you ever having conversations with the BBC? I mean, why the fuck didn't the BBC stump up some cash for a well, film? Well, that's interesting, because we went back to... Uh, originally, the BBC said, uh, that I think the TV rights, we wanted a million for the TV rights, which is kind of like a, a normal, average mm -hmm. sort of deal, which would have obviously gone into the thing. And they went, yeah, fine. And then we went back... Um, and said, can we have a million for the TV rights? I mean, ah, oh, no, things have changed now. We're not buying individual films. They've got to come in packages. And it was like, oh, so you can't, you, you can't, you're not in for the film then? No. Oh, okay. What about TV series? We could maybe do another TV series. Are you in for that? And then they had a little committee, and then they said they were no longer interested in the 
audience that Red Dwarf formerly used to attract, unquote. That's bizarre for two reasons. One, that they're not interested in that audience. No, like so that audience, we'd actually rather you yeah. don't watch our TV station. <laughs> yeah. But black- secondly, that audience, because mm. I was going to ask you about this, that audience are what make makes Hollywood live and breathe right now. Like the the comic book, the comic con world. Um, was where was all What's- that stuff there when you guys first started out? No, 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 no. God, science fiction was like this really... Yeah, it's like the kid in oh, the bedroom. Oh, my God. You go in. We, we, when we went in, we had a meeting with the head of comedy. I went, science fiction, comedy. You know, this is a whole genre that's not really been exploited. Yeah. And he went, what about Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah, absolutely. And look how successful Hitchhiker's Guide is. And we went, look at Star Wars. All, all the, that, these films are massive. <laughs> he went, oh, our friends across the pond. We went, oh, yeah. And there's a real opportunity here to do a, a more character based comedy yeah. than Hitchhiker's brilliant though that was a sort of step to on Sunny in Space and he went oh okay alright okay and then he got it and and but wouldn't commission Red Wolf which we'd written he said okay I'll commission you to do something else weirdo yeah I mean, I love, I love the early... I, I love every sort of weird incarnation it became you know, right. it feels like it's gone through a shot Sure. You know the early years yeah, where yeah. the step toe and son yeah, sort yeah. of yeah, and then it became probably what we now know of it. I had a, um, I was writing a show with um, another comedy writer performer, and we had a long conversation about sort of a heated debate about whether you can have very story heavy comedies, whether the story gets in the way of yeah. jokes and things. Yeah, yeah. And your show is an absolute perfect shining example of that you can I mean there are actually aren't that many but the fact that you had so many concepts twists and turns and yet a billion gags as well like proper gags yeah, yeah. you know it's, 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 there aren't that many shows that have cracked that no it's interesting I mean, we were told at the beginning to avoid science fiction in our science fiction comedy because <laughs> people didn't like science fiction and we went oh okay all right, okay, does this mean if we, if, if we, if it means we, we'll get it commissioned, all oh, right, fine, yeah, yeah. we'll make a note of that. And how do you do that? How do you hide the science fiction? And in so you science? go, it, it's going to be like Steptoe and Sunny Space. Oh, yeah. okay, except you'll do this thing with future echoes in show two where they'll have this weird conversation that won't make any sense and then they'll go around in a circle and come back and it'll all make... Um, so we just ignored it but lied and basically yeah. said that's well what it's going to be <laughs> an example of when lying is <laughs> lying good lying is good um, <clears throat> what was the film going to be what was story were you I always I, re- I read one of the books this is how like, right. I was uh, okay. what was the book that the f- wh- first one was called Infinity Welcome to Catholic it was Bibles. the one that Better sort of re, uh, back to reality was sort of uh, similar to uh, back to life back be- to, uh, better back than to, life better than, be- life, better than yeah. life yeah with the two feet on the cover which by the way you know, obviously, rea- um, virtual reality is becoming, yeah, it's becoming and it's going to be big soon. It's going to be really big. Do you think people are going to, you know, we're in danger of what happens in the book? Because well, people are start they they forget to eat and exactly. themselves. And y- yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. If virtual reality becomes better than real reality for people, that's going to be... They're going to die I mean, yeah, in, they, with a headset they, on. They're going to stay yeah. in there, aren't they? Of course. I mean, it's such a brilliant concept. Yeah. And the fact, and I think, um, didn't you, you won a shitload of awards for that episode back to, um, did you? No, we didn't. No. In awards. my mind, you yeah. did. <laughs> I, in my bedroom, yeah. I presented yeah. you with uh, awards uh, yeah. just because I was so <laughs> yeah. blown away by it. But um, how do you do that? How do you write something that has 
like what what's your process do you think of stories first and then just the gags come as you're writing it or because they're pretty they're I mean they're pretty I mean back in the day when I used to write it with Rob I mean we'd sit in a room and just talk um, and then they would come out in a variety of different oh why don't we do this oh that's yeah. a good character idea that's a cool science and I used to have a book and I'd write all the ideas down and I have like 300 ideas and when you say talk and have ideas you mean about like concepts and it'll be concepts say say they met a load of um, waxworks and something happened oh yeah. okay waxworks boom yeah. idea yeah. and we, without really exploring them we'd just write the list mm-hmm. or I'd write the list and be, you know 300 for it and then it was like okay now let's decide on a show and then we go back down the list and then boom 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 and then one one we go oh no we both really like that we think there's something in that and then we discuss it and explore it more and then the, the comedy element, like the sort of more the com- interplay yeah. between the characters, just came when you that, started writing? That would come, yeah, that would come as we wrote it. Yeah. Um, I don't think the BBC quite realised that they were getting two for the price of one back then. <laughs> like comedy writers and science fiction writers. Like now, because yeah. high concept stuff's such a big yeah, it, industry. And it wasn't back then. No. No. They, no. they, they didn't know. And no. so... Um, and, Remind me at the time what the sort of figures were back then, um, like the sh- peak, the peak ones. Oh, the sh- uh, our biggest was at the end of uh, series eight, and we got eight million on BBC Two. That's so which, cool. Which I think is still the biggest for a, a comedy on BBC mm. Two. Um, so, what else do you do when you're not red dwarfing, <laughs> or is <laughs> that Mostly. your life? No, no, no. it's it, it, quite. I mean, because I write. I've written twelve. That we've we've recorded series eleven and and series twelve, mm-hmm. and I've written all twelve of those and directed them. So that's taken up a massive I chunk bet, yeah. of the last God knows how long. Um, uh, before that, I did a pilot for BBC One with Hugh Dennis, um, and few other projects in the works. Um, but I, I put them all on hold to, to do Red to do 11 and 12, yeah. And do you still have the same passion? And I, I, I don't think you could write it unless you yeah. do, especially because it is such a commitment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you've got to be enthusiastic and you've got to genuinely want to do it or else, God, you just you yeah, can't, yeah. you know. Just Did you ever it. fall out of love with it? Did you ever no, go? No, actually, this? no, never. Really? Never, 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 no. I've always... That's cool. Yeah, I've always really liked it. I mean, there'll be things you go, oh, I regret we did that in that way, or yeah. can we fix that? But not, um, God, um, I'm just sick to the back teeth of it. Yeah. No, no. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, how amazing it must be to have something that you've... And, um, I know this is a very odd comparison, but I remember watching an interview with Sylvester Stallone, and I see you two in very similar. <laughs> <laughs> look just like yeah, him. You yeah. look just like yeah. him. Um, yeah. No, and he said, he, you know, obviously Rocky is the thing he'll be remembered for yeah. forever. He went through a phase of hating that that was what people always referenced. Right. And he so desperately went. And then he came back round after, I don't know, like 10 years or something, right. going, hang on. To create anything that has as long and l- yeah. a life as this and that people that. love yeah. that much yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I mean the thing about Rocket, there is a sort of until maybe Creed, but there is a formula too. Yeah, it's, a, it's the underdog fight, it's the boom, 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 and then mm. someone wins at the end. With Red Wolf, you, any idea you can fit into that. Yeah, so that's what's so great. So about that's it. it's an open-ended thing, so you can always turn those characters into, in, you know. 
do you uh, can I talk, can I talk about the fact that it used to be written by the two of you, and yeah, then sure. you know what's um, what what happened there? Was there ever a point when, from what I understand, Rob just decided he was, you know, he <laughs> we never actually had crosswords at all. Did Great. the first six series, and then he well, to be fair, he wanted to leave before series one had been recorded. Really? Yeah, which was he just didn't like the mad being I involved guess. in good things. He just <laughs> he just wanted to go his own way. Yeah, uh, and we'd rehearsed all six shows, but the electrician strike had knocked it out. Um, the famous electrician strike right, of nineteen eighty six. Six, yes, <laughs> that one. Um, and so we had an opportunity to rewrite the scripts based on what we'd learned in all those rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really want to do that. He wanted to just discuss why we shouldn't write together anymore and then I know it was just so frustrating and so mental so that was the first one and then the second one was I can't remember what series it was about three or four and then I got an opportunity to produce Spitting Image and I called him and went I'll take it if you don't want to come back and write Um, and he said okay I'll come back uh, not that he'd really gone anywhere. Yeah. He just stayed But it was always looming, this yeah. possibility. And then we were doing a series called The Ten Percenters. I remember that. And he didn't want to write with me, fully didn't want to write with me. So I wrote three, and then he wrote three, and his three, um, they wanted to rewrite. He, the, uh, the director wanted him to rewrite them, and um, shortly after that he left. So it sounds to me like he just didn't enjoy writing, maybe? I don't know. And what was good about that was my agent at the time said, I'll sort it out. Yeah. Um, I went, okay, I'll come in with you to talk to Rob. And he went, no, 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 leave it to me, I'll sort it out. So he went in, came out, and said, right, fine, I've sorted it out. Brilliant, what happened? He said, Rob's left. I went, okay. <laughs> um, well. So um, uh, who's writing these other three shows then? There were four shows, actually, it was four shows. And he went, you are. And I went, but we've got, that means I've got to write a show a week for the next four weeks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you'll do it. You said you'd sort it out. Yeah, this wasn't the was, kind of sort yeah, it out I was hoping for. That was him for. sorting it out. Wow. And I just moved house and we got all these, uh, they're like Ikea bookshelves. Mm. And I've got a lot, I had a lot of videos and DVDs, uh, videos I think it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had 12 of these flat packs in my, it was just a room. It wasn't an office, it was a room. And every time I couldn't get an idea, I would build a flat pack bookcase. <laughs> but very shortly, I had 12 of these things, wow. which we couldn't get out of the room because I just built <laughs> without thinking about that. But hey. So that means you 12 times couldn't come up with <laughs> yeah, an idea. Yeah. 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 yeah you're hit, giving away too much. I know. I you're hit, hit, away hit too those much. bookshelves with hammers and stuff. And so we had to look. And then, so did, was there ever a point where you th- that it was considered it, the show may not go on? No, because um, everyone, want, everyone, everyone wanted to. Yeah. The boys wanted to do it. Um, Rob agreed not to be involved in it, um, and then we made, you know, a series seven. Um, but and that was a kind of interesting situation because I wanted to write all series seven myself, mm-hmm. but having not written a series myself, it was difficult to go. Hey, I tell you what, why don't I just write all of them? <coughs> um, what difficult. Well, because well, I was worried. Like God, they'll think this guy's ego's you know size of Guatemala. You know, I I can't do that. I'll just okay. So I'll just and so then you realise you've actually lost control of the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, in in a really quite fundamental way. 
yeah. um, and it's taken a little while to to fully get that back and I think now with with 11 and 12 it's it definitely feels to me like there that's, is that's why it is like that because yeah. we, we, I mean originally with Dave with uh, Back to Earth it wasn't 30 minutes you can't tell stories in 22 minutes in, in a Red Wolf story at least yeah. You know, so you, you need, need those that. extra six. You need those, and that's what Golden Simpson used yeah. to say about the steps. Oats. Um, you ne- it makes a massive difference to have those six, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we didn't have any location filming, and that makes all the difference. And we didn't have, we only had a couple of sets to start with. Whereas back in the day, we had those all stored, and you just bring them out. Yes. Yeah. They all wound up in the skip So second. the first couple of recordings, uh, there must have been a buzz. People oh, yeah. must have no, loved. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always been a buzz about Red Wolf, to be yeah. honest. Um, when we advertised tickets for uh, Back to Earth, um, all, they crashed the site, internet site, that they were on, and they'd all gone within, a, I think, 30 seconds or something. Absolutely nuts. Wow. Yeah. It's good. It's you know. It yeah, gives me yeah. a warm feeling knowing that okay, the, yeah. the love there is, is out there. There is. There is yeah. I mean, you've you've created something that is genuinely in the, um, I think, in the history books in a way. And you've created. We were just talking before we went on air about how um, you've created. Even like what was the thing you were telling me that there's a list? There was a list of swear words published in the. Oh, there was a list of swear words published. I th- it was in the Independent. Independent. I only glanced through it. Yeah, they, they were rating. They were rating swear the severity words. of swear words, yes. and we were like, "Well, you invented a swear <laughs> word, Smeg, that yeah. people actually use." It didn't that's make quite, it. It didn't make it. But that's quite. That must shots, be quite yeah. cool. There, was it's, there a it's time not my proudest achievement, where you, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not. No. I think it is secretly. <laughs> I think, but more than all those amazing, cleverly written storylines, <laughs> it's, it's the one. No, yeah. you must have heard um, people. Have you ever had a situation where you're in a shop or something and you overhear people talking about the show because uh, they don't yeah, recognise yeah, you? Yeah, I've, I had that, and I've also I was in a Woolworths once. And, and there was a, quite a long queue and I was looking for some barbecue equipment and I rather cheekily just caught this guy's eye and said, where's the barbecue equipment? Expecting him to point. And he jumped over the thing, left the queue of probably 15 people and went, it's this way. And then we went all, down around all these aisles and he went, there they are. And I went, oh my God, thanks. And then he went, oh, by the way, Doug, when's the Red Dwarf film happening? Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So I never was, thought yeah, that, that your was. show would help you get to a barbecue quicker. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we um, we often ask our guests to pick a, a guilty pleasure uh, film or TV show just to, you know, it's a fun thing to do to see if there's something that they... Uh, I mean, it sort of falls into two categories, either a show that they know is terrible or a film they know is bad, but they love, or something that they think is misunderstood is actually a piece of you know art you've picked something i think probably falls into the former of those two okay um which is a film i always remember um when i was a bit younger like everyone always saying is considered one of the worst movies ever made what what is the film why don't you tell everyone it's what you've attack of the killer tomatoes yeah and um, and it's your guilty pleasure because because it doesn't work <laughs> Because but tomatoes don't can't kill, kill. <laughs> and there's no, they need mouths or something, don't they, to kill people? Oh, so they on. just you write science fiction. How just, dare you be so logical? They about. just roll on them a bit. Yeah, and um, and the tomatoes don't look that tomatoey. That's um, true. So yeah, I, think, I did, but you enjoyed it though. 
I enjoyed thinking, I was jealous of it, thinking, God, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> we would have used it. <laughs> yeah, that's I could imagine that in there. Um, I th I've got a feeling, and maybe I I'll have to look, I haven't got um, the, the uh, facilities right now to look it up immediately, but I've got a feeling George Clooney was in a sequel to one of those films, Return of <laughs> uh, the Killer. Oh. Yeah, in his early, early... Oh, right. Because he was... When he became a star, it was... One of his sort oh. of stories was that he had done so Tell much bad TV right. and films. Right. I'm sure he was in, like, the fourth sequel to a Killer Tomato movie. Right, because Jack Nicholson did a lot of those Roger Corman B-movie things. Right, yeah. He? So... Pre-Easy Ride. Yeah, yeah, Pre-Easy Ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, that definitely is a guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> and if people listening want to check it out, go for it I mean it's uh, uh, it's probably due a remake isn't it it probably is yeah so you've got the show is currently airing um, uh, the third episode went out last night and you've got um, so that's three more yeah. and it's doing really well yeah it's doing fantastically brilliant fantastic. and um, yeah the, the the response has been absolutely amazing Excellent. there are a few people think there's a paradox by the way in last night's show um, I, I just wanted to say those weren't Lister's kidneys in the jar Okay. okay, so there was no paradox. But okay. anyway, so so for those people that were, have been uh, didn't yeah. sleep yeah. last yeah. night, we've had some fantastic reviews in the old girl, but there's a paradox. Okay, it's like no, there isn't. No, good. We've had okay. that. It's been on everyone's lips. <laughs> um, and uh, you can uh, and did you say you've already filmed the twelve? Yeah, we we did twelve off the bat. Twelve episodes, all all in one big. We had Christmas off. Uh, and then just kept going. So, I mean, from uh, from just yeah. a employment point of view, that must have been nice. <laughs> uh, wow. There was, I, I didn't think of it actually yeah. at the time. Like, no. oh, this is so nice. No, as I was but sitting the there, Christmas, yeah. having my turkey, going, "You show me working. What are you doing?" Um, but yeah. no, it was great fun. The audiences were great. The guys, we had such a laugh. I bet. And, and oh, hang on! I wanted to ask you this yeah. as well, just before we go in. Mm. I'm remembering an interview, hearing that. Uh, Craig and um, Chris. Yeah, it's only been recently, or in the last five years, that they've actually been that they had a bit of a slightly awkward I think friendship because they, they were so they are so different yeah. fundamentally. Um, so this is true though, and so uh, and yeah, right in the first series, there was a little bit of you know. Um, I mean, it takes time yeah. for people to you know get on and trust one another and all that. And they were coming, and Craig, you know, would be the first to admit he was Mister, you know, party boy. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Chris was, you know, extremely diligent and professional. Mm -hmm. And then you got Craig coming with some gigantic hangover. <laughs> yeah. So but what I love is that that you know just completely yes, uh, adds just, to the character. Exactly. And, just a, and we're yeah. there going, gimme, gimme. This yeah. is great. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll write this in. That's great. Yeah. But now they love each other. Now everyone loves one yeah, another. Yeah, good. It's a I great, think you can tell. It's a great, yeah, I think that comes across. I think you're right. Um, Doug, it's been such a pleasure. I could have chatted to you for, for years and well, years. It's been lovely to um, talk to you, Dan. And uh, good luck with the rest of the show. Thank you very much. When does the sec when does Series 12 go Series out? 12 goes out probably September 2017. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, another six. That's weird, isn't it? Knowing it's made and but it's it goes, on the shelf. Yeah. I know that's so weird. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. And okay. um, we're going to play out with the theme tune because what a wonderful song you must have been. And my is is my memory right in uh, uh, in saying that there wasn't this theme tune for the first couple of series? No, it was there right from the beginning. How it would, was. How would Goodall wrote it? 
Um, but at the end, the beginning credits was the. Oh, do, 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 oh, oh yes, it? there was that. Yes, sorry, yeah. you're right. So that this. Don't try and correct so, me. Uh, you may that, have created and written and you know right. this made the show in. for thirty years. I thought, but I thought you were talking about the bad one. Yeah, this, yeah. The, the, the the that was series three. You're right. Which also added in those early series to that yeah. slightly lonely, dark yes. sort of yes. vibe it that did. it had. It you did, know, yeah. but, um, but well, it's a great. You must have been well chuffed when you. Uh, when you heard this. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's fantastic. Song. Okay. Well, thanks very, very much, Doug. Okay. This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details.